Oh, hello. I'm Emma, and you're listening to Yeah, We Said It. This podcast started in 2019 as a mother-daughter advice-giving venture, but COVID sort of messed that up. Now it's just me, Emma's thing, on the mic. I'm a writer, an influencer, and have been blogging the good, the bad, and the ugly for over a decade on emmasthing.com. I've never really been able to find my niche. I sort of just touch on everything when the mood strikes, and some people seem to find it relatable and entertaining. Love, life, unsolicited opinions, and everything in between. Welcome to Yeah, We Said It. episode of yeah we said it with just me emma's thing hope you guys like the new intro um i was told by a couple of people that i should probably record an intro and at first i was like why because i think the only people who are listening to this are emma's thing fans who have followed me forever and they don't (laughs) i need no introduction with them um but it's good practice. And then I realized that like almost every single podcast I listen to has an intro and it's the same thing every single week. So um, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of marketing sense, if you will. And I, and I will and I did. So cool. So I hope everyone is having a good week so far. We are midway through and I know that you're probably going to see this type of messaging all over the place for the next week, but I literally can't believe that September is next week. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? I feel like just yesterday was February with the horrific ice storm in Texas. I have no idea how six months, seven months have gone by since all of that. Um, It's just really wild. And it is also very upsetting that everything they said is true about getting older and how time goes faster like it really does and it's a constant mind fuck um so although i am a little i have a little bit of whiplash for how fast months are going by i am very excited for fall i am so over summer and in looking back so every single morning I look at my time hop and see what the fuck I was feeling and thinking and doing, you know, X amount of years ago today. And I noticed over this past week that it seems like this is the time of year, like mid-August, when I say fuck summer. I'm over it. I don't want it anymore. I'm boycotting it. Like there's for the past however many years, there's always been some sort of language for me about this being my breaking point. And it's very on brand because I was literally thinking about how I've reached my breaking point with summer. And then like magic, Time Hop is showing me that I reach my breaking point every single year at the same time. I will say that going to Austin this past weekend definitely helped, helped or hurt. I don't really know. It, it exacerbated my being over with summer very much. Um, we ate outside mostly the whole weekend, which was okay at first, but 
it's just so fucking hot down there. I mean, it's so hot here too. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, Austin is more south. It's a little bit different kind of heat. And it's just unrelenting. So even though we were, you know, eating outside at night when the sun is gone, it doesn't really make that much of a difference. And I started to uh, really catch on to how miserable I am when eating and being completely overheated at the same time. (laughs) Um, So I'm just, I'm ready for all the fall clothes, all the fall shoes, all that stuff. Earlier this week, was it this week? I think so. I think like on Monday, I asked you guys on stories for fall blog ideas. And, you know, I don't really know what I was expecting. Like you can only have so many fall themed blog ideas, but you guys pretty much all echoed each other. It was just, you know, like fall clothes, fall trends, how to transition from summer outfits into fall outfits, um, recipes, pumpkin everything. And these are all things that I was planning on anyway. I think I put that question out there just like with the hopes that maybe someone had like something I haven't thought of or something super unique. But, you know, at the end of the day, guys, we're, we're all just basic. We all want the same thing. We all want to know where to get the best chunky knits. We all want to know what kind of booty we should be running out and buying for fall 2021. I get it. I get it. And I fully plan to provide all of that to you guys in the best way that I know how since I'm really just a pseudo fashion blogger. Also, just some housekeeping things really quick. So I use a platform called Anchor to distribute my podcast. And I realized that you can do you can record basically like a an ad for anchor on these podcasts and um you get like <laughs> like one cent a listen or something ridiculous but i was like oh that's like kind of cool to say that i have a sponsorship even though it's like a baked in sponsorship because i use their app anyway so um Going forward, at some point in these episodes, I'm going to be a legit podcaster and say that we should, quote unquote, take a break so I can play that ad. Um, Really moving up, guys, really figuring this podcast thing out. The second thing is that Anchor also makes it possible for listeners to support podcasts. And it's something like, So the link will be in the episode um, and you just click the link directly in the episode description. But I think the choices are like a dollar a month, five dollars a month, which is insane. And then even higher than that, which is doubly insane. Um, So, you know, if you feel like throwing me a buck a month to keep this thing going and encourage me to keep recording, I would be endlessly appreciative of that. Okay, so this upcoming weekend, um, I feel like talking about the upcoming weekend might be something I do every Wednesday when I put these podcasts out. Um, because why not? You know, Wednesday, well, I think Wednesday is the perfect time of the week to start asking people about their weekends. I feel like I saw a meme or like a reel about that not very long ago that it was like on Wednesday, you're kind of like, okay, we're halfway there. Like any big plans this weekend? <laughs> so we'll call this segment 
any big plans this weekend. So this weekend, on Friday, I have nothing. I have therapy, like in the middle of the afternoon. That is all I have on Friday. Friday night, I imagine it would be really chill, or Zach and I will go and get something to eat, casual, whatever. Saturday morning, however, Outdoor Voices and Wild One are teaming up to do this really cute dog jog or dog walk for those of us who maybe are new to jogging and don't fully trust themselves to jog outside in front of a big group of people yet. Um, So anyone can come and the dog jog is happening at the Foxtrot location in University Park, which is off of Hillcrest Avenue here in Dallas. And it starts at 930. Wild One, if you guys aren't familiar, is a company that designs really freaking cute dog gear. Like they literally have harnesses and collars and full like walking kits and care kits and um, like grooming things and treats and so much stuff. It's really, really cute. And they let me choose a uh, walking kit for Cece about a month ago. They emailed me. So I chose a really awesome green color um, collar and leash for her. It's it's adorable. And because they're partnering with Outdoor Voices, Outdoor Voices sent me a really cute bra and top set. And I did a reel showing <laughs> how they probably wouldn't appreciate this, but just trying to keep it real. I did a reel showing how I think I will look whenever I attempt to wear a sports bra and pair of shorts to work out um, compared to how I actually look. And the thing is, is that the sets that they sent me are so cute. They're so cute. I just don't have the kind of stomach that I feel really comfortable wearing a sports bra and shorts. For some reason, leggings and sports bras I can do. And that feels better to me. I don't know what it is about shorts and like if the waistband is different on the shorts or what. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is, is that this dog jog is happening at 9.30 a.m. at Foxtrot. And I think it's going to be really cute. The only thing is that following that at 11 a.m., we have a trainer coming to the house to whip our little... Bowie the Bulldog into shape. So I don't want to miss that. I just need to be sure that I can be home by 11 or around 11. And the reason that we are having a trainer come out is because Bowie is the best, but he's also, like I said, a bulldog. And if you've ever owned a bulldog or know a bulldog, while their personalities are hysterical and so great, they also can be very stubborn and they can also just be a menace. And Bowie has yet to grow out of his habit of getting really excited and um, nipping at feet or hands, trying to hump your leg, you know, the, the usual stuff. So we decided to do this initial training session with this dog training company that um, someone told me about. And we're going to see how it goes and see what they think of our Bobo and um, if they can help us be better parents to him basically and then Sunday I am so excited because I signed with Papa John's to create content for the rest of the year and I'm I'm really pumped because they're giving me much more creative freedom so I'm working with my friend who he is a legitimate videographer and he 
does a ton of freelance stuff. So we actually met last week to brainstorm about what Papa John's content can look like for the rest of the year. And we're filming our first thing this coming Sunday. So it's a pretty full weekend. And in between all of that, we are working like crazy people to get our house even more in order because my sister and her wife and the babies are coming into town next week for like the entire week. Um, And they're going to be over here. And we want to impress. We want to impress, even though it's family. You know what? Actually, scratch that. Not even though, because it's family. And because it's a very critical family who will notice everything. So I just want them to walk into our home and be like, wow, this is amazing. You guys are amazing. So that's my weekend in a nutshell. And I thank you for caring it all. So on today's episode, I want to talk about PMDD. And you may be familiar with what that is. You may not. But it's something that I have talked about so many different times over the course of the last couple of years. And I've always meant to kind of dive more into it, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's its a really shitty thing to deal with. And when you're not dealing with it, you just want to relish in those moments. So it's like not fun to dedicate you know, my time on a blog post or a podcast or whatever talking about it because it's like not uplifting stuff. But anytime that I have posted about PMDD, I get enough, um, I get enough replies or comments or messages or whatever that show me that there is a dire need for people to be talking much more openly about it and like obviously this goes unsaid but I feel like I have to say it I'm not a doctor I'm not a therapist I'm not a psychologist I am just a woman who has been diagnosed with PMDD and who deals with it and everything that I'm going to talk about I'm just getting from online or my own experiences and thoughts so make of all that what you will Now, for those of you who don't know what PMDD stands for, it is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And the way that I like to kind of sum it up, and this is totally not a PC way to sum it up at all, but it's just like, it's the only way that I can really get my point across about what it is. I say that it's PMS on steroids. So with PMS, premenstrual syndrome, you have all of the classics. You have your cramps. You have your slight mood swings, you have acne, you have increased appetite, you maybe are more sensitive and like crying at silly things that you normally wouldn't, you know, stuff like that. Like the shit that they write about in young adult novels or joke about on TV shows or movies meant for the youth. Like it's kind of a caricature of PMS in a way, or that's at least how it can be presented through the media. But PMDD is much more than that. It has that word dysphoric in it. And it also has the word disorder because it is truly a mental health situation. So reading straight from everyone's best friend, WebMD, um, it says, Premenstrual dysphoric disorder is a health problem similar to premenstrual syndrome, but it's more serious. Chances are good that you've had some type of PMS since you started your period. 
Doctors think as many as three quarters of women who get periods have some signs of PMS, whether it's food cravings, cramps, tender breasts, moodiness, or fatigue. But PMDD is different. It causes emotional and physical symptoms like PMS, but women with PMDD find their symptoms draining. Your PMDD symptoms could interfere with your daily life, including work, school, social life, and relationships. And some of the symptoms of PM- PMDD include mood swings, severe depression or feelings of hopelessness, intense anger and conflict with other people, heightened tension, anxiety, and irritability, no interest in your usual activities, trouble concentrating, feeling out of control, sleep problems, hot flashes, and the list goes on. So like I said, it's PMS on steroids. And they call it a dysphoric disorder because you are literally in a warped reality, or at least that is the best way that I can describe my PMDD when it's been at its absolute worst. I basically like to think of it as if euphoria is like this feeling of peak happiness and just like floating in the air and having no cares or worries and just being so happy, dysphoria is the exact opposite of that. It's like everything is the worst. You are so low, basically hit rock bottom. It's it's really, really awful. So I definitely always had some sort of PMS for sure, kind of like the WebMD article said that like three quarters of women usually do have PMS symptoms as soon as they start their periods in their lives. But I didn't know that I had PMDD up until um, my mid-20s. Like I knew that once a month, every month, I would have severe anxiety or like the anxiety that I always have that always lives within me because I also have um, general anxiety disorder. Um, It would be so heightened that I would question everything, whether that was questioning a relationship that I was in with a guy or questioning, you know, if I had made the right decision in my life with like career, if I should really be living here, if I should start looking at some somewhere else to live. It's like, I guess another way that I can I can describe it is you feel manic. And I don't want to use that term lightly because I know that there are legitimate mental health disorders that, um, you know, deal with mania and the extremes of that. But it, it it really does feel that way, at least for me. And I haven't done enough research on PMDD to know if like you're more prone to it at a certain age or not. All I know is that when I turned 26, I, like I said, I've always, always, always had anxiety. But when I turned 26, there were a couple things going on in my life and they weren't like big dramatic things. It was kind of just like the perfect storm of things that could make an anxious person even more anxious. Um, but I, I experienced depression for the first time in my life and it was terrifying. Um, suicidal ideation, just being so scared to be alone. I, got back in therapy immediately. I don't think that I had been seeing a therapist 
since I had graduated college. I don't know. I can't really keep track of like when I was and when I wasn't. But um, I, at that point, I lived in this cute little apartment here in Dallas and I actually packed up my bags, um, like packed up as much as I possibly could and went to live with my parents up north in Plano um, for like two weeks because I was in such a way that I had never experienced and I could not pull myself out of it and I was terrified to be alone. PMDD is a bitch and it's really scary and it can be really, really heavy. And in talking to my therapist about it over the last few years, we started to notice patterns with my PMDD that it was really bad every other month. So it's like I would get a month off-ish, but then the next month it would be like total breakdown, just so depressed, so anxious, nothing could pull me out of it. I would spend days in bed. There were times when I was a... I mean, I was working like I was an adult with a corporate job in corporate America. And I called in to my boss at the time um, a couple a couple of times in my span of working there. And, you know, I was very, very lucky that he was a super like sensitive, understanding guy. And I straight up would be like, I have this thing called PMDD. And every other month, it literally, um, it's debilitating. I can't focus. I, I can't get out of bed. Um, so, you know, every other month I might call in and I just hope that like, you know, you can honor that as a mental health day or what have you. And he did. And that was really, really amazing. What I'm getting at is that I want to read you guys this post that I wrote. Um, in 2018 about PMDD and about my experience with getting on antidepressants in the first place and then getting off of them and then getting back on them. Um, and it, it explains a lot about PMDD and everything that I have been talking about for the last several minutes. But just like in addition to that, I just want to say that, I mean, it's an ongoing thing. And when you have it, it's something that you have to deal with, you know, whether it comes up every single month around your period, whether it is every other month. And when it's bad, it's it just fucking sucks. Like I don't feel like myself and I'm not experiencing it right now. I should have said that up front. Like I'm I literally just ended my period, so I'm all good. Um but in June my PMDD was horrible. And I'm talking like, I I was, like I said earlier, it's like, it's a dysphoric state. So I was kind of like in a warped reality. And I got so far into my head that I wanted to blow everything up. It's like, I was in this manic kind of state where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I I need to move out. I'm just like, I need to like leave Zach alone. I'm just going to like pack my shit and move out. Like that's going to, that's going to be better for everyone. Um, I don't know what I want. Just losing it. And, you know, it's, 
it it kills me because my partner has to see me that way and Zach has said himself that it's literally not you like I don't know who that person is when it's happening but it's so far detached from who you are on a day-to-day basis that it it's just wild and I mean it really sucks for him too like would you want your partner having like a freak out every month or every other month and um saying those things like no that it's a nightmare so it just was so bad in June that um my therapist and I like had a long talk about it because I've been on Prozac for as long as I can not as long as I can remember I guess I've been on it since 2018 because the post that I'm going to read you guys today is from 2018 when I got on Prozac um and it definitely it 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 saved me I'm I'm not exaggerating like it it saved me um but you know it can only do so much. And with how bad my PMDD was um, a few months ago, you know, I was like, I need other, I need other tools and solutions to combat this shit because um, it's, I don't want to do this. I don't want to fucking do this every other month. It's horrible. And I don't want to have to like leave the house and hide away for the week or two leading up to my period um, and not be, you know, present in my relationship in life. So my therapist and I talked about how, you know, 90, I think it's 90% of your body serotonin, which is literally the chemical that like makes you happy, is created in your gut. And she informed me that that's why taking a daily probiotic built for women is so imperative to mental health. And she gave me a long list of other vitamins and supplements to start taking and add into a daily regimen to help curb um, to help curb the PMDD. We also upped my Prozac intake a little bit as well. And you know, when we were first having this discussion, I was really upset. I was like, "This sucks." I'm 34, like. Why all of a sudden is it even worse? And I'm having to like fight against it even harder. And, you know, I've been fine being on Prozac for all these years, but now I have to take a higher dose and like, oh, I'm so fucked up, blah, blah, blah. And she literally like when we were, I think it was like a virtual call because, um, you know, uh, we aren't seeing each other in the office. She, She was like, I know that you're sitting there right now thinking, no one is as fucked up as me, but you're wrong. She was like, you're not fucked up at all. Trust me. I've seen fucked up. You're not. And like we, the fact that you recognize how bad your disorder is and that you want to do everything you can to fight against it is more than a lot of people can say. Um, so if you're in the same kind of boat as me and you feel that way, I hope that me sharing what she said to me about it helps you. Um, So I wrote a post about all the vitamins and supplements that I'm now taking. So I've been taking all of that religiously every day um, since June. And because June was so bad with my PMDD, 
if, you know, if the pattern is right, then my PMDD this month in August should have been horrible and it wasn't. And I don't know, like, I don't know if that's a fluke thing, a coincidence, or it's because modern fucking medicine and I upped my Prozac a little bit and I've been taking all of these supplements to help with my mental health. Like, is it working? Holy fuck. Um, But we had an appointment. um, My therapist and I had an appointment on like last Monday and she was like, Emma, according to my notes, like this should have been like we scheduled this appointment because right now you should be experiencing PMDD. And I wasn't. I was good. I was balanced. I was neutral. I was, dare I say, happy. So I'm hoping to God that it sticks, obviously, because having that one week or two weeks or week and a half, whatever, of every month when I feel that way and when my PMDD is affecting me that much fucking blows, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. And I, I, I just want it to get better. So with all of that, I want to read you guys this post that I wrote in 2018 called How and Why I Got On, Off, and Back On Antidepressants and Live to Tell the Tale. But before I read that, let's take a quick break and listen to a message from our sponsor. And at the beginning of the post, I say that back in January, I wasn't good. In fact, I was so not good that I posted a series of videos to my Instagram story at my lowest point in an effort to connect with my followers on a much deeper level about what the fuck was going on with me. Um, And obviously I can't play that video um, for you guys on a podcast. I guess I could, but I'll just let you watch that on your own. Um, So I'm gonna skip over that part and I'm gonna go into the actual blog post. So here it is. I'd been on an antidepressant since I was 25 going on 26. I've had anxiety my entire life. Truly, I cried nonstop for the first six months of my life because as the doctor told my mom once he realized there was nothing physically wrong with me, she just feels and reacts to everything. And by God, was he right. However, I more or less have always had somewhat of a handle on my anxiety until the month before I turned 26. I don't know what happened, honestly. I could attribute it to a slew of things, a perfect storm, as they say. But I like to sum it up by saying the chemistry in my brain went a little awry and I suddenly found myself dealing with not only anxiety, but for the first time in my life, depression. It was terrible and fucking scary. I had never felt so lost, low, dark, and worst of all, hopeless. It felt like something in my brain had clicked permanently and I was never going to be who I was before these feelings. I was terrified to be alone with my intrusive, disturbing thoughts. So I packed up a few bags, grabbed my dog, and drove 25 minutes up the road to stay with my parents until I felt like me again. I didn't give a fuck that I was in my mid-20s and a functioning adult. I wanted my mommy. I got in to see a psychiatrist as soon as I could. She set me up on the medicine she thought was best suited for me. And then, as you do with most types of medicines, but especially antidepressants, I waited. It took a few months, but once the drug kicked in, it was literally like a fog cleared. 
As much of a cliche as that is, it's exactly how it feels. Nothing compares to the day you wake up and realize you feel good again. Georgia Hardstark from the My Favorite Murder podcast described it best in this tweet the other week. She said, Putting mascara on while the sun is out is a clear sign that my new antidepressant has started working. And it's true. Suddenly, food tasted good again. The sky seemed bluer than usual. I was genuinely laughing without having negative background thoughts. Hours then days would go by until I would realize, oh my god, I haven't even thought about if I feel bad today because I don't. Getting on something was the best thing I could have ever done for myself. I felt like me again, and it was wonderful. Then I fucked up. I did the thing so many people do. After a good three years of being on my medicine, not experiencing any depression and feeling like Emma, I had the thought, I feel great. In fact, I feel really great. So why the fuck am I even on something? I don't need to be. Because that makes sense, right? It's perfectly logical thinking that you feeling great has nothing to do with being on a drug that helps correct what's going on. It's just you being cured. Medicine, schmedicine, am I right? I don't know why so many of us have this thought process. If you take one second to think about it, it's bass backwards. You feel great because of your medicine. So why in the literal fuck would you think you're good to go without it? Beats me, but I was that person. I decided I didn't need to be on the dose I was on, so I cut it in half after consulting my doctor, of course. Don't ever try and wean off or taper down alone, or you're in for a bigger world of hurt than you already are. A few months into my self-inflicted tapering, I couldn't figure out why I was sobbing all the time like a fragile dandelion and finding it hard to get out of bed. Didn't you cut your dose in half? My mom reminded me. Oh, yeah. Luckily, at some point, I finally readjusted to my lower dose and all was well for a while. But then I fucked up again. This time around, I decided I didn't not just need a low dose, but that I didn't need any dose at all. Once I realized how dependent my brain and body were on this medicine, I made up my mind that it was time to get off of it for good. As I said in the video, I didn't like the instantaneous withdrawal symptoms. Accidentally missing a day equaled extreme vertigo. Or the fact that I would inevitably have to get off the medicine if and when I'm ever pregnant. Not anytime soon, obviously, but like one day. I told myself I was in a much more solid place in my life than I had ever been. That I wasn't the young 20-something of five years ago going through a quarter-life crisis, losing her shit over everything. That perhaps I didn't actually have a slight chemical imbalance and was completely capable of handling my anxiety and coping on my own without medicine. I mean, sure, I had had a terrible first half of 2017, clad with devastating dating disappointments that had stripped away a good portion of my self-confidence and left me questioning my worth as a partner woman and whether or not I was lovable. But besides all that, now was the time to get off meds. Sometimes, most of the time, I could slap the shit out of past Emma. So that's what I did. Against my doctor's professional opinion, she still okayed it, but was not happy about it. I started tapering off my medicine for good back in August. With each taper, I had bad days, would question why the fuck I was doing this, then bounce back and be okay with it. This went on from August all the way to January 1st of 2018. The first day I had been completely antidepressant-free in almost five years. I was elated. I did it. I fucking did it. 
I got myself off a medicine I deemed not suited for me any longer, and although it was mostly brutal, I was still standing. I felt alive, invigorated, and ready to take on the new year. Nothing could stop my drug-free self now. Later that week, it all came crashing down as evidenced by my Instagram story video. I'd like to first say that the outpour messages I got from sharing those Instagram stories was incredible. I think I got around 120 direct messages, but I lost count somewhere along the way. Everyone who wrote me was so ready to share their own story, offer firsthand advice, or just simply send me good thoughts. I was moved, truly. I saved almost every single one in a special folder in my phone and referred back to them on bad days. Give it a month or two and you'll feel back to normal. You'll want to go back on them so bad, but don't. Just sweat it out. It'll be worth it. I don't know how the fuck you stopped. I would die without mine. So I put the proverbial towel in my mouth, bit down as hard as I could, and tried to ride the tsunami-sized withdrawal wave. But a great white shark named premenstrual dysphoric disorder came out of nowhere and ripped me to shreds. You see, PMDD is a very real thing, and it very much runs in my family. It's like PMS with the hunger and sore boobs and cramps, but plus heightened anxiety, depression, tremendous mood swings, crying spells, and an overall arresting feeling of hopelessness that sometimes doesn't live for a solid week. Alas, I had unknowingly been avoiding the worst of it for the past five years by diluting its potent evil with antidepressants. So when I felt it full on for the first time sans antidepressants, all hell broke loose. It all started one Tuesday morning, about a week before my period. I'd spent the night before meal prepping and made what can only be described as a vat of chicken salad for lunches all week. On Tuesday morning, I managed to get ready, pack my individual lunch portion for the day, and leave for work early for once. I was so proud. That is, until while pulling into the parking garage, I realized I had left the entire container of chicken salad sitting out on the counter. I fucking lost it. And not just shaking my fist at the air lost it, I'm talking complete mental and emotional breakdown that was so out of body, it felt involuntarily lost it. Screaming and sobbing, the kind of sobbing where you can barely see, and that is very dangerous to be operating a motorcycle vehicle while doing. I angry drove home, put the vat of chicken salad back in the fridge, was 25 minutes late to work, and my day was ruined. And so was the next day. And the day after that. One day that week, I cried seven times. Now, I'm a crier, but even I know my cap, and seven times is goddamn ridiculous. Most days, even after I got my period, it took what felt like hours to convince myself to get up and at him. I most definitely called him to work at least one day. In short, it was the worst I felt since before I had started taking antidepressants five years ago. Because PMDD is very fucking real, and I very much fucking have it. Realizing that and dealing with it without any sort of medical assistance, even just one time, was enough to send me running back to my doctor. And you know what, guys? I am so fucking glad I did. So fucking glad. I gave it a shot. I got off antidepressants for a moment, which was an incredibly tumultuous journey to take. I gave myself a chance to see if I could or wanted to handle a life free of antidepressants, and I decided, fuck no, I do not. I recognize that my brain chemistry plus PMDD may be the genetic card I've been dealt, but by no means should I have to suffer. 
that maybe the medicine I had been on for five years wasn't the right fit, but something else is and I wanted to find it. And I'm so relieved and happy to report I think I have. The first 24 days on my new antidepressant were iffy. I won't sugarcoat that. I had forgotten what it was like to adjust to that kind of medicine in your body. You know how they say it often gets worse before it gets better? Yeah, that. For two weeks straight, I had night sweats that almost sent me over the edge. And I'm not talking about waking up and you're a little damp from a bad dream. No, no, I'm talking you wake up drenched, like you just jumped in a pool or got out of the shower or fucking drooled all over yourself and soaked through your shirt. It was horrific. I was at my breaking point and coming to terms with this maybe not being the pill for me until one day, no sweats. Clear mind? That heavy feeling in my chest? Gone. I've now been on my new medicine for a solid month and could cry tears of joy with how much better I feel. After seven months of weaning off a medicine, experiencing life without it, and getting back on one, I finally feel like me again, which at several times felt impossible. But here we are. I fucking made it. For now. So that's my story of how and why I got on, got off, then got back on an antidepressant and lived to tell and write this extraordinarily long post about it. To anyone who's going through it, has been through it, may go through it in the future, you are never, not even for a brief moment, alone. Listen to yourself, your mind, your body. Talk to friends, family, hell, even strangers. Do what's right and best for you. I had plenty of people suggest a more holistic approach to me. But you know what I say to that? I don't have the time to be patient and test out new organic methods. Not when I feel that bad. Plus, I love modern medicine. Woo! A journey. Am I right? So that post was from 2018 and honestly cleared up a lot of uh, confusion for me because I couldn't remember like when I had decided that I had PMDD, but I was diagnosed in 2018. So it's been three years and I'm sure that I had it before then, like 100% sure that I that I did. Um, it just wasn't uh, diagnosed by a doctor. So again, for those who are curious, the antidepressant that I was weaning myself off of back when I wrote this story was Pristique. And the one that I ended up getting on was Prozac. And I've been on Prozac ever since. Now, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that the only way to combat PMDD, if you have it, is via an antidepressant. I'm just letting you know my experience and my story that I, I experienced... PMDD without an antidepressant and it was absolutely horrific and I was barely able to get through it. So for me, Prozac does help so, so much. And you know, as we get older and our hormones change and all of that, obviously like the medicines and things that you've been taking for a long time might have to fluctuate. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised that after three years, I finally had to go up a little bit in Prozac, but I have no shame about it. I really don't. And that on top of the list of vitamins and supplements that my therapist recommended for the holistic side of things, I really think, I hope, I pray is the combination that I need to not let PMDD get the best of me every other month. This was a long one today, guys. I didn't expect it to be this long, but I guess I have a lot to say about it. And we're really only just skimming 
the surface. Um, it's a complicated disorder to understand. And obviously, it's a complicated disorder to combat. Um, and I really mean what I wrote three years ago, that if you are going through PMDD, if you've been through it, if you know you hear this and you're like, oh, that sounds like me, and you go to your doctor and they diagnose you with it, you are never alone. I'm I'm not sure what the stats are with how common it is, but I'm willing to bet it's it's more common than you think. And if nothing else, I hope that this episode and me talking about my experience with PMDD so openly helps you in one way or another. Just as a reminder, if you feel like a giving person who wants to see or hear this podcast succeed, you can go to the episode description and details, and there is a direct link that you can click to support me via Anchor for $1 a month, or if you are very wealthy, $5 a month. Also, the reel that I talked about at the very beginning of the podcast with the sports bra and the shorts is linked, as well as my vitamins and supplements blog post, and of course, the PMDD blog post from three years ago. I love you guys. I love doing this. It's so fun. And I cannot wait to talk at you again next week. So have a great week and a great weekend. Until next time. (music) 